0: In this episode, we're gonna look at planning in the language classroom. Whether it's for the entire year, a particular unit, or even an individual lesson, backwards planning is very effective. It also helps to ensure that we are focusing on all of the modes and that our ultimate goals are for students to do something with the target language and the vocabulary and the structures and themes and all that stuff that they're learning. So it's all about planning ahead to plan backwards. So let's jump in. Hello my friends, bonjour mes amis, hola mis amigos, welcome to the World Language Classroom Podcast. I am Joshua Cabral and thank you as always for being here, taking the time out of your week to think about your teaching and to be reassured that you're on the right track and maybe change just a little bit here and there so you can be even more effective. Just make sure that you are liking or subscribing on whatever app you're listening to the podcast on and... Always, I like to ask that if you would be so kind as to leave a rating and a comment, that would also be really helpful because it helps other teachers to see what this podcast is all about and we can get more people in the World Language Classroom podcast community. So today's theme is planning and not just planning, but this idea of backwards planning. I had the opportunity this summer to work with some teachers in Richland, Washington, out in Washington State. So I'm in Boston, so it was way on the other side of the country. And it was actually my second time to that area because it's uh, Tri-Cities, Washington. It's close to the Idaho border. I had gone to Kennewick which is one of the tri-cities in 2017 to work with teachers so it just so happened that i went back to Richland the town right next door in Washington as well to work with teachers and we were really looking at how to use particular textbooks in communicative ways and the teachers were using a textbook that was incredibly communicative and really well done and set up for all of the modes so we ended up spending a bit of time looking at this idea of backwards planning. So how can you have this resource and then overlay this idea of backwards planning on top of it? So it really got me thinking because it was a really good discussion with these teachers and working through and some templates for it that I said, I want to have a more in-depth conversation about this on the podcast. So when it comes to backwards planning, it is one of the Actful core practices, and there's a number of core practices, and if you kind of Google that around, you can find it. I'll actually put a link in the show notes uh, to my blog posts on the core practices if you want to touch upon that a little bit, but one of the things, one of the core practices that actual suggests is to teach with a backwards design model. So this idea of backwards design, it's a teaching method or a planning method that involves designing educational curriculum by setting goals before choosing your teaching, instruction, methodology, and even forms of assessment. So it's the very first thing you do. It's the goals at the end what are the students going to ultimately do or be able to do at the end of this year or unit or lesson. I'm gonna look at a a unit in terms of the way we'll be talking about it. This lends itself so well to proficiency-based language teaching because it requires the teacher to focus on what students will ultimately be able to do with the language, rather than simply knowing about the language. For example, one of those goals might be in a unit about the environment, one of those goals might be that students will write or create a poster with several ways that students around school can help to protect the environment or be more conscious of how they contribute to negative things within the environment or what they could do better. So all of that is going to require the vocabulary and possibly some of the structures, language structures, that were used throughout the unit. And one of the structures that may have been used in that unit is command forms of verbs. But you'll see that the goal is not to use command forms of the verbs. The goal is not to... List all of the vocabulary in a particular topic. The goal is to create the poster, which will use the command forms and the vocabulary about the environment, to then create this poster. But the goal does not say the specific grammatical structures and vocabulary needed. The goal is much more global and universal and encompassing within one of the modes, which would be presentational writing. So you can see that by having that goal at the end, it's what they're ultimately able to do with everything that's happening within the unit and not looking specifically at the details that were learned throughout the unit. Now, that's not to say that there isn't going to be a focus with maybe formative assessments along the way on those topics, but ultimately, summatively, at the end, it's bringing it all together. So when we look at the different steps of backwards planning, you'll see where those individual assessments come in and then where those summative assessments come in. So before we look at the three steps that are basically the phases of backwards planning, I just want to point out some of the differences with traditional teaching or legacy teaching, as I like to call it. More legacy-focused instruction has focused on learning and producing language structures and vocabulary through practice-type activities, but when it comes time to assessment or testing, it has typically been a matter of verifying what students can tell the teacher about the language, such as lists and verb forms, rather than demonstrating what the student can do or is able to do with the language. And by doing backwards planning and you have these ultimate goals that are other than the vocabulary and structures, it helps to make sure that your assessment is what they're able to do about the language and not what they know about the language. So backwards design planning happens in three phases or stages. So the first one, and I'll break them down, but the first one is identifying desired results. So what are those ultimate goals you have that they'll be able to do? And then two is determining acceptable evidence. So what is it they're actually doing to show you that they're then going to be able to meet that goal? And then the third thing is to plan the instruction and what's going to actually happen in the classroom. So this is where that word backwards comes in. A more traditional way of going about it would be we have all this vocabulary, we have these grammar structures. So just test on being able to tell me what those are. And then maybe we'll find a way to use it if we have time. Whereas with backwards planning, the very first thing you do is determine what they're going to do with it. And then you go backwards from there, which also means that in more traditional teaching, you have this list of vocabulary and grammar structures. You learn them, you teach them, you practice them, and then maybe you find something to do with them. Whereas with backwards planning, when you start with those goals that, say, the students will be able to make a poster about environmental practice in school to hang up. At that moment, then you look at that theme and you determine what is the vocabulary we're going to focus on and what are the structures, the language structures that will be needed to be able to do that. And then you might think, oh, that's where maybe command forms of verbs will come in and that's what we're going to use. Or maybe you're doing something with subjunctive and so subjunctive could be used in there. But the whole idea is you have this ultimate goal and then you figure out the language and structures needed to reach that goal. That's where the backwards comes in rather than starting with the vocabulary and the structures and then figuring out what you're going to do with it later. So when we are going about this backwards planning and we start, number one, with the desired results there are a couple of questions that you can ask yourself or to keep in mind as you're looking at those desired results. And all of these questions are actually in a blog post that I have about backwards planning. So that blog post will be in the show notes. So you can go to the blog post and see it all in writing if you'd like to print that out or save it or whatever you'd like to do with it. But when it comes to identifying desired results, the first thing you wanna ask is what will the students do with the language? again this is not what can they tell me about the language but what will they do with the language And then does the goal only focus on what the students know about the language? So once we get into those areas, we need to like step back and say, no, that's not what our ultimate goal is. And then what is the current proficiency level of students? Are they novice mid? Are they intermediate low? Because that is then going to dictate what our goals are going to be, what students are going to do. Because if they're a novice mid, novice high, and our goals are for them to do things that are intermediate mid that's beyond the scope of what they're able to do and if they're intermediate mid and we have goals that only require small chunks of language at the novice level then that's below the scope of what they're able to do so really knowing their proficiency level is going to help to identify those those final desired results and knowing those proficiency levels essentially means what their text type is going to be right so are they creating lists chunk phrases discrete sentences connected sentences paragraphs and then You want to make sure that that theme, that topic, what they're able to do, will allow us to write two or three can-do statements that focus on that particular goal. So that's the very first step. It's very, it sounds theoretical. It's like this is what the students will ultimately be able to do. And then the second thing to consider is what the acceptable evidence is going to be. So what are students going to actually be able to do? And this is where assessments are going to come in that will then allow them to do everything that is that ultimate final result. So when you're determining this acceptable evidence and what that will be, you want to ask yourself, are there opportunities to demonstrate proficiency in all three modes of communication, interpretive, presentational, and interpersonal? And also, are the prompts we're giving students in their assessments at the appropriate proficiency level. Again, I always come back to that because it's so important that we are having students engage with the language at their proficiency level, and therefore their text type. You know, that's what we want students doing. And then what's really important, I think, more and more now is are there opportunities for student choice in how they are showing their mastery, about showing their proficiency level, and making sure that there's compelling ways for them to do that, that it's not necessarily everyone doing it in the same way. And then when you're giving assessments at this level, do the assessments provide really, truly, do they provide insight into the student's ability to perform the can-do statements that we've articulated in the previous step, in the first step? So with those goals and desired outcomes with the can-do statements, are our assessments that we're creating actually responding to those can do statements because if all of our assessments look different and don't provide opportunities to actually do the can do statements then we're not setting our students up to be able to do them so anytime we are doing our assessments make sure that they are in direct response to being able to or directly connected to being able to do the can do statements that we created in the first step and then always other opportunities for spontaneous language production. Because if we do everything with our assessments that are interpretive listening and interpretive reading and presentational writing, then that can be in a very controlled way. But the interpersonal and the spontaneous use of language is a goal to keep in mind. And a lot of times that doesn't come up with assessments because it could be challenging how you're going to do it. How do you find the time to do it? But just keep that in mind. So remember that first part where we were identifying our results is this is what I want students to be able to do. These are my two or three can-do statements of what a student will be able to do. And make sure you focus on all the modes when you're doing those. And then the acceptable evidence is what are your assessments going to look like? that will demonstrate that students will then actually be able to do all of those required results and therefore they have to be directly related and then the third part is where it comes to the everyday in class what you're doing and the learning experience and the instruction Rather than starting here, this is planning backwards, so now I know what my assessments are, and I know that my assessments are directly connected to what the can-do statements were. So therefore, to prepare students for those assessments, this is what we're going to do. So some things to ask ourselves when we're planning this instruction is, what are the vocabulary themes necessary to reach the goals and desired outcomes? and to perform well on the assessments. Then what are the language structures necessary to reach the goals and desired outcomes? Because again, this is looking at, at that idea of rather than having dictated language structures and vocabulary, students learn them and then you figure out how to use them by planning backwards, this is the outcome. So what is the vocabulary and the structures needed in the classroom as our focus so that they can take those assessments and so that they can then respond to those can-do statements as well. So what is the vocabulary? What are the structures needed to get them there? And then what activities will provide opportunities to meet those goals and those desired outcomes in the three communication modes? So to make sure if we have can-do statements and assessments that are in all three communication modes, so they're doing listening and speaking and reading everything, then our classroom will have those modes in there because we need to be preparing students and getting comfortable with the themes and those structures as they move through. And then what tasks will then provide these opportunities to accomplish those goals? So what does that every day look like? What does a writing assignment look like? What does a listening task look like? What does an interpersonal speaking task look like? The everyday in the classroom that's always moving towards what is ultimately going to be their assessment. And then once they are able to perform on the assessment, they'll be able to respond to those can-do statements. So we start with our desired results, and then we look for the evidence which is usually an assessment that they'll be able to perform those desired results. And then the last thing we're going to look at is the instruction, what's actually happening in the classroom. So as I pointed out, you know, there was that more legacy way of looking at it. Here's the vocabulary. Here's the structures. What are we going to do with it? Backwards planning is just essentially saying, this is what I want students to be able to do. And then what is the language they need to get there? So if we look at it that way, that is truly what backwards planning looks like. And we are sure to focus on all of the modes when we have interpretive, interpersonal, and presentational as part of those can-do statements. As soon as we make those part of the can-do statements, then our assessments will respond to that so they're prepared to do that. And if we know we have those assessments set up that are going to include all of the modes, then what we're doing in the classroom on a daily basis will capture all of those modes in there rather than focusing on just one. I do want to point out that this is going to look a little different at the different proficiency levels. So particularly at the novice level, We know how important the interpretive is, the interpretive listening and the interpretive reading. And so to make sure that these modes are not disproportionate to each other as we're going through. So you may want to make sure that your can-do statements for interpretive are weighed more when it comes to the novice level. And that as you get into the intermediate low, that there's more of a presentational writing, maybe even presentational speaking that comes in there. So I'm not looking at backwards planning as being monolithic, that it's going to work this way for every single proficiency level. So you want to sort of work with them and what's going to be most appropriate for students at the, the different proficiency levels. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll see a link to the blog post I mentioned that has all of these written out directly for you and is actually a PDF of a template that you can download so that you can do some backwards planning or looking at backwards planning in your classroom to help you out with that. There are also links to sign up for Talking Points, my weekly email newsletter with tips and resources for language teaching and if you'd like to get in touch with me to work together in your school either in person or remotely there are links to do that as well so get to work with some backwards planning but you need to plan ahead to plan backwards i know it's a little corny but i'm going to say it anyway you got to plan ahead to plan backwards because if you don't plan ahead you're not going to plan backwards i know is what it is okay i will talk to you real soon bye for now You've been listening to the World Language Classroom Podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss a single episode. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WL Classroom. You can also see over 250 blog posts about language teaching at, you guessed it, WLClassroom.com.